0: Thank you, Lord. We're going to start a new series today. We're going to kind of segue from where we uh, have been in this last series. We're going to pick up there, but we're going, to, we're going to go actually on a new series this morning. Praise God. Let's go ahead and turn to Mark sixteen fifteen. Actually, I'm going to give you three places. You can look at all of them. Mark 16, verse 15, Mar- Matthew 28, 18, and Luke 24: 46. Mark 16:15, Matthew 28, 18. and Luke 24: 46. Mark 16, Matthew 28, Luke 24. Mark 16, verse 15 says, And he said to them, Jesus, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. They will cast out demons. And then he goes on. Matthew 28, verse 18. says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. He says in verse 18, And, there, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me, to Jesus. In heaven and on earth, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Luke 24, verse 46. Then he said to them, Jesus, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Read 46 and 47 again. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, the third day, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. I want you to notice in each of these Three scriptures. It gives us commands, and the commands are given in His name. In the name of Jesus. We are to walk in His name here on the earth. Now I want to, as we're going into this, I want to hook up with where we left last week and we're just going to start getting into these things but 2 Corinthians 5:17 2 Corinthians 5:17 Says Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. In the New Living Translation, we're going to read these scriptures in the New Living Translation. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. All this is a gift from God, those who brought us back, or who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Now we touched on these things, uh, or touched on these last few scriptures end uh, of the last series, and I just felt like we were segueing into a new series. These truths that we're going to start getting into now are some of the greatest truths that we can ever know. These truths have changed nations. We are created in the image of God to reign in this life. We are created in the image of God and as partners with God, we walk on this earth to share the good news, the gospel, with all those around us, and we are to do it in His name. He has given us power and authority in His name to do His work on the earth. The Bible says here, we are ambassadors. We read this last week, we're going to go ahead and read it again. It says, we are ambassadors for Christ. In the New Living Translation, so we are Christ's ambassadors, verse 20. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Go ahead and put up that, do you have that definition? We read this before. An, uh, an ambassador is an official envoy, especially a diplomatic agent of the highest rank accredited to a foreign government or sovereign as the resident representative of his or her own government or sovereign and appointed for a special and often temporary diplomatic assignment. It's also an authorized representative or messenger. We read last week, let's go ahead and turn over to 2 Corinthians 6. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1. It says, We then, as workers together with Him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For He says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. In the New Living Translation, 2 Corinthians 6 verse 1 says, As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness, and then ignore it. For God says, At just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. First Corinthians three nine, if you could put that up. First Corinthians says, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. We are God's fellow workers, we are his ambassadors, we are his partners. To work with him to accomplish what he told us to do in those first three scriptures that we read. We are to Carry out the work of God on this earth, the work of Jesus on this earth, and we are to do it in His name. Let's go back and look at uh, Mark sixteen fifteen again. Mark sixteen verse fifteen. It says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The gospel, the good news, what Jesus has done. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. And then it starts to say, it it gives this list, but notice it starts out with this phrase. In my name, they will cast out demons. But then it has a semicolon. All these actions that we're reading here are in his name. In my name, they will cast out demons. You could say in my name, they will speak with new tongues. In my name, they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We are to walk on the earth and do the work of God in the name of Jesus. We have been given His name. His name is not a tagline that we place on the end of our prayers. Although there's nothing wrong with praying that way, but we need to understand what we're saying. In the name of Jesus means in His authority means on his behalf. When we read that we are ambassadors, we read the definition, we are representatives of him. We act on his behalf. In other words, we do what he would do if he were here on the earth. We are his body. He is the head of the church, and we're his body. How many of you, your body did something yesterday without your head? Did it go anywhere without your head? Get out of bed and your head stayed there, but your body, just wasn't got a drink of water? On this earth, we are God's hands and His feet and His voice. And He hasn't said, just go, you get it done, in and of yourself, We are acting on His behalf, and to do that, He has given us His authority. That authority is represented by His name. You and I are walking on the earth in the name of Jesus. When we pray and we close the prayer in the name of Jesus, like I said, it's not a tagline, it's not a magic charm that we place on the end of prayer on the end of the prayer to make it work. We are saying what we pray is in the name of Jesus. In other words, the reason we can pray and ask for what it is we're asking for, which is the only reason we should be praying is because of the name of Jesus. We pray in His name. Because of what He did, we can pray. And we have an audience with the Father. In His name means as a representative of Him, or because of what He has done. And this is how we are to carry out our work on this earth, is actually to be an extension of what he, we saw Him do and what He has given us to do ought to be what He would do if He were here. Matthew 28, 18. We may come back to some of these verses definitely over time. We will. Matthew 28, verse 18 And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now notice that. He said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Jesus. Verse 19, he says, Go therefore. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, See, all authority has been granted to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the first thing he said then to the disciples after saying that is, You go therefore. He is delegating that authority to the church. He's telling the church, I have all authority. You are my disciples. You go therefore and make disciples of all nations. The authority has been granted to Jesus and he is saying, I'm delegating it to you. You go and do what I tell you to do in my name. It says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. We go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. We are present, we are active, we are uh, dwelling among people, and interacting with people on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are, as we said last week, His partners. We are His representatives. And that is not just a hollow assignment. Any more than it would be on, if you were working on behalf of a company, or behalf of the government, if you are there to do an assignment, going on a, a business trip or a mission on behalf of that company or on behalf of the government, you are given, typically, if it's going to be successful, resources and authority to get the job done. How much more, as being representatives of heaven, should we have the resources? And the authority to get the job done on behalf of the Christ, on behalf of the Lord. He didn't send us out and just say, well, you just do your best. Do it with your ability. He gave us His authority. The name of Jesus, it's not a charm. It is the authority to do what he would do. And I think we have barely gotten in to the understanding of what that actually means. Because the Word of God, we see examples in the Word of God over and over, throughout the Gospels, throughout the Acts, of what the church, what Jesus himself, And then the early church did on this earth in his name. And there's nothing in the word of God that says those things have changed. Or that somehow that authority has been rescinded. Well, that was just to get, people say, well, that's just to get things going. Um, If you've noticed, you have to get things going every generation. The church got going and it almost completely, in the Middle Ages, things were so dead, there had to be multiple revivals over many years to bring back and restore what the church had lost. As far as understanding, it wasn't completely gone, but as far as widespread, people had lost the truths. Well, what? So we don't, we don't need what they had in the early church anymore? What part of the authority that God through Jesus, had delegated to the church, ended with the last apostles? The answer is none. The gospel is still being preached. These scriptures that we've read thus far and that we'll continue to read, they are for you and they're for me just as much as they are for those that were in the presence of Jesus when he spoke them. Let's read Luke 24. Verse 46, Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So, we are to preach in the name of Jesus. We come in his name, we come as his representatives. Well, if we're his representatives, what are we represented? Re- what are we representing? We're representing what he would say. We're representing what he would do. Otherwise, we're not a faithful representative. If you work for a company and they have, uh, you know, a certain culture and they have uh, certain, uh, you know, they they have ways of operating. They have ways of presenting themselves in the market. They have uh, ways of presenting their product and you go as a quote-unquote representative of them, but you completely use a different logo, and you use different messaging, and you use different language, and a different tone, you are not faithfully representing them. You are coming up with your own message. That's not an ambassador. That's not a representative. That is just somebody talking their own stuff and using somebody else you know as a placeholder saying I represent them Well, they're not representing means you say what they would say you do it the way they would do it and we as the church have been given the name of Jesus and we've been sent to be his messengers and his ambassadors His representatives here on the earth, well, what are we representing? What is our message supposed to be? It's supposed to be what he would say and he would do if he were here. Period. Anything else is a misrepresentation. If we say, well, we're just human, we're not him. He said to go. In his authority. You don't think he knows we're human? Of course, that's why he came. The, the, The disciples were human. And yet he told them to go. In his name. And do what he had done. And say what he would say. And I dare say we have dumbed down what he would say in so many instances. We've backed off it because of our own insecurities, because of our own unbelief, because of our own misunderstanding, and because of our own lack of seeing the way he would see. And we have substituted what men have said or what we can agree with logically or what we can understand instead of what he said and what he would do if the Lord Jesus himself were walking among us. He is the king of all. He is the master of the universe. And he gave you and me the authority to represent him. On this earth. Well with that authority comes the power to back it up. He did not just tell us to go. In our own strength. He didn't tell us just to do. What we feel like we can do. He said to be a representative of Him. Colossians 1 verse 24. Says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and generations. But now has been revealed to his saints. Verse 27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor Striving according to His working, which works in me mightily. Verse 27 says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In the New Living Translation, verse 27 says this, For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing His glory. Here's the thing. God didn't just wind us up and say, Go out, you, as a human being and do the best you can, and just tell people about me. He, through being born again, by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, we were recreated, we read in Corinthians. We were made new creatures. We were actually infilled in by being born again, we have the Spirit of God comes to make His home in men and women, in us. And then, additionally, we go and trust Him and believe Him for the gift of the Holy Spirit to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That's a separate uh, experience. But just being born again, we have the Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of us. And the Bible says here, it's Christ in us is the hope of glory. Christ lives in us. So it's not just that we are making it up and go, well, I'm speaking for Christ. He is actually dwelling in us through His Spirit. And where we go, He through His Spirit goes. And when we walk, He is there and His power is there available to back up what He told us to say and what He told us to do. Now, we are going to get into this over time. But this, we have not comprehended this. I'm talking about as the body of Christ. Sure, we've gotten glimpses of it. We have maybe heard certain elements of this. But let's be honest with ourselves. If we believe that the Son of the living God came to earth and he walked on the earth and did what he did on the earth as recorded in the Gospels and told his church, you go and preach this word to all nations. You go and do these things that it says in Mark. In my name. Those that believe will cast out devils, they will speak with new tongues. If they drink anything deadly, well by no means it won't harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, they will recover. If we see, if we believe that He came and He delegated that authority, and we see what the disciples did and the uh, early church, what they did, and what they walked in. Is that real to us? It's a rhetorical question. I'm not talking about doctrine. I'm not talking about creed. I'm not talking about stuff that we mentally assent to. I'm talking about, in reality, what do we believe? Do we actually believe that the authority of Almighty God has come to earth, and I'm not talking about 50 years ago either. I'm talking about in your life, in my life, now. Because the commission has not changed. It's the same now to you and to me. And we have lives that are filled with activity in this earth. We have distractions left and right. We have noise coming from every direction. We have uh, noise telling us that there is no God in everything that, that you know, is recorded in the Bible. People, some people will say that's all just fiction, it's all stories. We have people that dismiss all the miracles in the Bible and try to explain them away with natural means. We have all these things that try to distract us and pull us off, but it comes back to the the reality and the truth in the word of God. Does it teach and what, what we're reading right here? Does it teach that God himself came to earth in the form of a man in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ and that he walked about in power? and the disciples that walked with him walked in power and authority dominating over circumstance in this life. Does it teach that? And does the Bible show that? And has that authority been given to you and me according to the word? I'm just asking the questions right now. Do we play church? Do we believe it? Or is it something that we, is it distant? And we think, yeah, you know, that's what our church believes. We assent to it. But it's not real in our life. We're just asking questions at this point. Does the word of God State that the authority that Jesus walked in his name is for the church or not. Because if it is. That is the greatest gift that we could ever have and that we have been given it. it the Bible states that, to, that we have been given the authority in his name. If that's the case. There is no greater gift that we could have been given. There is no greater gift that we could walk in. And it's not something that's way off in the future. It's not something that's in the distant past. It is ours now. And I dare say we have only glimpsed it. But it's ours. It is ours. We are to walk in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. We talked last week about being partners, kind of segueing into this. As we walk with Him every day, we are walking throughout with our uh, walking our day out, walking through our life, partners with God Almighty. We are his fellow workers. That means he is working with us. He is with us every step of the way to do whatever we're doing. That means whatever vocation we're called to, whatever job that we're called to, whatever we're spending our time doing, he is a partner with us doing those things. But it is not just we're doing those things with God, but we haven't been given the equipment to do it. He has given us the authority to deal with all situations here on the earth. Anything that we could face that would come against us, try to push on us, try to steal from us. We talked about the abundant life. Satan is the, is, has come to steal, kill, and to destroy, but Jesus said he's come that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Well, he gave us the ability to walk and to, in his name, and to, in his authority, and use his, his name while we're here on this earth to get the job Done and to walk in that abundance. Now, our minds have been, because we live in this world, have had so much junk come in that would try to dilute that truth, that would try to muddy that, try to make it seem like that's too good to be true. And even me saying it right here. Some of us have been around for decades. You've heard some of the word. You've heard about believing God and and the name of Jesus. But it doesn't do any good to have heard. And it doesn't do any good for it just to come into our mental realm. We have to grab onto it and believe it. For it to become effective and active in our lives. It is for you and me. Now. 2019. The power of God has not dissipated one bit. Has God lost any power since Jesus walked the earth? God is eternal. God has always been. God's power, we can't even begin to comprehend how vast God is. His power knows no end. And to say his power has been dissipated at all contradicts the Word of God. He does not change. So in 2019, we walk in more technology than the world has ever known, as far as we know. The last several years have seen just exponential growth in the technology that we deal with daily. The computing power is... Continuing to grow. What used to take rooms of computers to do is not even a blip on your little phone now. But people are still dealing with the same problems. People still deal with the same issues. They deal with internet. Interpersonal issues, they deal with bodily issues, they deal with mental challenges. We deal with job issues. God's power and God's wisdom is for now just as much as it was for any other decade, for any other century it is the, either the truth of God's Word and either it's for you and your life and your family's life now or it's not for any stage because nothing's changed. If it was for a hundred years ago, then it's for now. If it's for the disciples that lived a hundred years ago, then it's for you. If it's for people that walked in the 50s and 40s and 50s of the 1900s, then it's for you. Because nothing's changed since then. Sure, there are different moves of God. Sure, there are different times but that's not the same thing as what's been promised to the church and what we have in his, because we're in his family. There's a difference between what God is doing in great measure on the earth at any given time and what, what belongs to us as children of God and the authority that he granted to us because we're part of the church. These things haven't changed. So the question is, what are we waiting for? Sometimes we are just biding time and going through the motions. I'm not just talking at you, I'm talking about all of us. Just we heard something and yeah, we'll get to it sometime. Sometime. but we can just go, be going through the motions of life and going to work and getting the bills paid and going, you know, it's Monday, then it's Wednesday, then it's Friday, then it's Saturday, then it's Monday, and then it's Wednesday, and then, you know, you're waking up and it's... I mean, it's already February 10th. That's hard for me to believe. Not really. But in some ways, it's like, didn't we just pass New Year's? Well, five years ago, just as quick. Ten years ago, just as quick. Church, what are we waiting for? What's the church waiting for in general? We need to, we're just looking, we're going to look, and we have looked, we're going to look some more. We have the authority of the highest kingdom in the universe Delegated, delegated to us to do a job now. Amen. It's yours now, it's mine now. Those truths that have been restored to the body of Christ to a degree the last few centuries. They were just as much the churches in the Middle Ages and the Dark ages as they are now. And we like to think some of these things that we walked that, that got restored, and there was revivals in some of these areas. but they have to be grasped by every generation and every individual afresh. Otherwise, they die. Otherwise they'll wane. And we live in a technologically advanced age and it's only going to get further. And it's pushed some of these things of God to the side because we see such bright, shiny new things in technology and people look at their phones and, and nothing wrong with phones, but you know we see so much flash But the technology flash does not compare whatsoever to what has already existed in the in the power of God. I'll tell you right now. I'd rather see, I'd rather see what's in the Gospels and in Acts in demonstration than any technological marvel on the face of the earth because that blow people away. And it's happening, and I've seen it happen. And people don't care about the, 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 all these other things become very superficial when somebody's bodies get touched. And minds get touched and are changed. And the only reason we don't see more of it is because of our focus and our uh, level of belief. And then don't take that wrong. It's what we look at and what is forefront in our hearts and minds. When we put this word and start taking it as the word of God and not as some distant story, it is for every person in here now. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not Christ was in you 150 years ago. That's not possible because you weren't here. And I wasn't here. So it's not for the past, it's for now. And God, through Jesus, has granted to us authority to do what He would do if He were here. Praise God. We've only barely understood but it's a truth and it's real and it's for you and it's for me and it's for this time this is not a fairy tale this is not a bedtime story It's not a crutch that weak-minded people lean on. Either the power of God and His authority to walk on this earth as His ambassadors and His representatives is true or the Bible's false. Amen? God didn't just tell us to go and talk about the fact that Jesus died and rose again. The early church demonstrated it and backed it up. Because at the end of the day, What's the difference between you saying something and somebody else saying something in the name of another religion? Why should I believe you if I'm somebody else? Well, it's the Word of God. That's what they say. Don't they? Why should I believe you? Well, because we're right. Okay. What does that mean? That's just intellectual, you're going to go in circles. Then you're going to get, you know, people get their heavy hitters out. They're going to have their YouTube videos and have people arguing and trying to have a smackdown about who's right. Okay. At the end of the day, which one are you going to believe? Well, everybody just chooses what to believe. I believe there's more than that. God, through Jesus, when he walked on the earth, backed up what he said. And the disciples backed up what they said. Praise God. God is faithful. Let's read this in closing. I'll just put this up on the screen. We'll put this up on the screen. Philippians 2, verse 5. Can you put 2, verse 5 up? Philippians 2, 5. Do you have that one? Says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every tongue should confess that name, that Name that is above all has been given to you and me. Period. We can't that that even uh, saying that it comes in and it half of it bounces out. We need to renew our mind to this truth. We need to renew our minds to the fact that God through Jesus, has granted us access to his workings and what he would have done on this earth and given us the power and the resources to get the job done. It's fact whether you and I grasp it or not. It's fact right now. It has been fact for thousands of years. And there's nothing that stands between us and walking in our God-given right and authority except, except us just taking it. Hallelujah.